Welcome to the True Me podcast with your host, Nicole M. Nicole is an experienced business person with over 25 years of corporate success. She founded True Me Coaching in 2012, and she now helps corporations and individuals around the world to achieve authentic success and lasting happiness. Nicole provides warm guidance with a genuine program designed to enlighten and inspire. We hope you enjoy the show. This is Nicole M. Welcome to the third podcast of the series. I hope you have had a wonderful week and that you have observed how your energy is improving with every episode we do, especially when you're doing the tasks I give you. If that is so, congratulate yourself for this big achievement, which is an important step towards your desired destination. This week, we will talk about one of my very favorite subjects, and that is beliefs. As a coach, one of my basic fields of work is to support people to achieve their goals in every aspect of their lives. From this standpoint, I have understood the primary mechanism that determines if someone will enter the path of action or the path of surrender. That mechanism is not other than the beliefs he or she holds. This is very simple. When we believe that our actions will lead to success, Then we proceed to do what we have to do, without hesitation and with great enthusiasm. On the other hand, if you are living in a reality you do not really appreciate, or if you are facing in some area of your life a circumstance that you do not like, chances are that you have in your brain system a belief about that situation that is making your life difficult. When you have even the slightest thought that your action can lead to failure, then the possibility exists that you will remain stuck in inertia or procrastination. So, the important thing to ask is, are you going to move drastically towards the results you want, or will you remain a prisoner of the limiting belief that is not allowing you to succeed? Because if you want anything in your life to change, If you want what you are experiencing to change, you need to first change your beliefs. Then I guarantee you, your reality will change. But let's take things from the beginning. What is a belief? It is a thought or an idea for which you feel certainty that is valid. If you tell yourself, I am strong, what you are actually saying is, I have the certainty that I am strong. This feeling of certainty helps you utilize some resources which allow you to produce certain results. A belief, therefore, is an idea, an idea that you have been listening to many times or that you have repeatedly shared with yourself, so now you believe in it without question. You think of or listen to many ideas every day, but you do not believe them all, or you do not act upon them. Beliefs are the ideas for which you are certain they are true, and around which you have organized your life. Beliefs are possibly the most tangible example of how the mind works and the program that prevails in anybody's mind. What we have decided it is possible and what is hard or impossible, what is welcomed and what is feared. The beliefs that are kept in our core and refer to ourselves or to others 
can be invisible to the eye, but color our perception about everything that happens in our surroundings. For instance, if one of your basic beliefs is that you are not suitable or that you are mostly misunderstood, those beliefs will filter out the infinite number of experiences that could potentially get deployed at any given moment. It makes you perceive only those that certify what you already believe as true. That is, instead of identifying elements that confirm there is abundance around you, abundance in success, contribution, creativity or opportunities, your beliefs will magnetize the events that verify the scarcity that you feel. Moreover, what creates the biggest trap in relation to beliefs is that, most of the times, they operate on autopilot, without our conscious participation. And you can understand now how difficult that can be. For you to realize the power of beliefs, let me give you some examples. We have a high-ranking executive of one of the biggest corporations in the world. He is very demanding of himself and others. He is considered to be successful. He is wealthy. He is healthy, with an exceptional physical condition, a great relationship with his wife and father of two kids, who have just entered adult life. The daughter became just like that, a rising member of a multinational company, author of successful works, having quite a high salary for her age and is engaged to be married. Her brother, in contrast, does not seem to know exactly what he wants to do in his life, still accepts money from his parents and stays at home. In general, he is always procrastinating and does not seem to be able to advance in his life. Both of them are separately asked, why has your life taken this path? Both of them answer the same way by saying, what else could have happened, considering who I have as a father? You get what I'm trying to communicate here, right? Let's give a second example to make sure. Two women are facing domestic violence. Although the experience is the same for both, each of them forms a different belief around this fact. One deems that she must be doing something wrong, which evokes the anger of her partner. She feels guilty deep down and silently endures her torture. The other one thinks that she was not born to endure such a difficult marital life and that she deserves respect and love. With these thoughts, she gets divorced and seeks something better in her life. Very soon, she marries a wonderful man who only offers her care and appreciation. So, what do these two examples tell us? Many times, we believe that our life is shaped by the circumstances, situations and events that we encounter. However, this is one of the greatest fallacies a person may have, because it is not events that shape what we are experiencing, but the beliefs we hold about what these events signify, that is, the way we interpret them. This determines who we are today and who we will be tomorrow. This determines who will win and who will lose in life. 
Let us take the previous example when the person thinks she is strong. If this is just a thought or a belief, will depend on the certainty she feels as she says it. So, if it is a simple thought, it can go through her mind and get lost very quickly. But if she has a very strong assurance that she is strong, this trait will remain in her brain because it has been repeated many times, so much that it has reached the point of becoming part of her DNA. It is crucial, therefore, to understand what makes a thought become a belief. I will try to illustrate this here using this example. Let us say one morning you wake up and say to yourself, I am smart. You get up and get ready while preserving this belief. You look in the mirror and you feel very cool as your image confirms what you say. You go to your office and within a few hours you have solved all the problems that others have. Some of them were not even easy at all, but your own strength has helped you to cope with ease. At the end of your working day, you go to your home. There, a member of your family needs your help, and with efficiency you offer it. You are smart, and you can be so in every situation. Let's assume now that next morning you wake up feeling a bit different. You feel weak, powerless to cope with the situations of life. You look at yourself in the mirror and this confirms it. The person standing opposite to you is lost and confused. He cannot decide what is right and what is wrong. This situation continues as you are in the office. One inconvenience follows the other and your own weakness prevents you from taking a clear position. Your subordinates are helpless and cannot make the decisions for you. You feel pressure and an intense feeling of dissatisfaction. You go to your home and there your difficulties continue. Someone has parked at your entrance and all you can do is get angry because your life is a mess. You are weak and you want others to leave you be and you seek to isolate as soon as possible. In both these cases, it is possible to believe that things are as you see them and as your surroundings confirm. And this is your misconception, even if it is absolutely plausible. Things are as they are because of the thoughts in your mind, that you are strong or that you are not strong, thoughts that can be very conscious or subconscious. It is not the situations of your life that make you become strong or not, It is your feeling that you are powerful that determines the situations in your life. In other words, the situations we attract to our lives have to do with the beliefs we hold in our minds, and only with those. And they determine the quality of life that we will face each day. I think it is very important to understand that you can form beliefs out of nothing. Once you find the belief that expresses you, your mind will support you to confirm it and you will be attracting several thoughts or experiences that support it. Let me give you another example. We have a person who believes, consciously or not, that people want to take advantage of me. With this thought, 
she enters with some reservations a business meeting. So, under the influence of this thought, she will decide to sit in a corner and not speak or even get defensive during the first disagreement. Behaviors that, in practice, do not support her in her professional career. Let me give you now the opposite example. We have a person who believes that all people mean well or all people have a good intention. With this belief, she enters every meeting with an air of comfort and security. She's friendly and positive and have a good word for everyone. Those are behaviors which will probably support her professional development. The situation is the same, a professional meeting, but the beliefs are different and they determine the behavior of the person and consequently the quality of the experience and the results it will bring. Now, examine with me the following idea. If you wanted, you could find several examples from your own experiences or from your friends' experiences to support the belief that people want to take advantage of me. I am absolutely sure of that. But the same thing will happen in the opposite case. You could think of many examples and experiences that will support the belief that all people mean well or people are well-intentioned. So the next question you will reasonably ask me is which of these beliefs is right, fair or true? Well, the one thing that I want you now to understand is that this is not the right question you should be asking because there are neither right nor fair nor true beliefs. What matters is whether a belief is empowering to the particular person it belongs to or if it is not, if it makes him or her strong or powerless, if it gives them strength or weakens them. And this is very important to discern because a condition, an event, a person can make someone strong and can make someone else powerless. For you to understand this, let me give you a personal example. When I was in the multinational world, due to the nature of my work, I had to be prepared to present something in front of an audience almost every day. I had to illustrate some idea or strategy in front of a number of people in some part of the world. I worked a lot and the truth is that I made quite acceptable presentations. What was not imaginable though was how difficult this process was for me, how difficult it was when I had to prepare a presentation and then speak in front of an audience. And of course, no one, not even I, could imagine where this difficulty originated from. It all started many years back when, as a child, I was called to play the piano in front of an audience. The truth is that I was pretty decent, which was confirmed by my teachers who made me usually play last in sequence in order to close the program. However, despite the good level with which I was performing the pieces, when I was with my teacher all alone, when I was in public, I would lose it. I will black out and will not remember where I was. My hands will shake over the keys and I will make several mistakes. It took me years to figure out what had happened. 
the problem was essentially in the messages I received from my mother as a young child and how I interpreted these messages. She would feel a great nervousness whenever I played the piano in public. Everything would betray her condition, her speech, her stance, the anxiety in her voice. For a young child, this parent's attitude can be interpreted as a lack of confidence towards him or her, or as an indication that something may go wrong, or even worse, that the child is not good enough to play in front of an audience. These interpretations have accompanied me subconsciously over the years and have been persecuting me all the time. These thoughts became beliefs and part of my DNA. I believed them without questioning and, of course, without thinking that I was reacting to somebody else's behavior, not based on my own capabilities. And while it was over 25 years since I was in this situation, presenting to the public remained a challenge for me. And the belief that I could do it just fine, unfolding my talents, was not there. The consequence of this was that my presentations were always accompanied by a lot of work, anxiety and trouble, to be able to ensure that the result would be the desirable one. That was holding until I started doing the job I'm doing now, as a trainer and a coach. Presenting my work is once again a daily routine, but nowadays it is a way of living that I am consciously pursuing since I know very well that most people enjoy my presentations. They are, as always, made with much care and love, but now there is a noticeable difference. I make them focused on other people. My gaze is on the messages I will give and the effect these messages will have. It no longer concerns my own ability, if I can do it or not. It now concerns the others and the gift I will give to them. The belief that takes hold of me every time I have a public lecture is those who are meant to listen to me and improve their life will be there. How different this belief is from the previous I am not good enough and I will make mistakes. And how much I really enjoy my every presentation. It is always a pleasant event that leads to evolution and joy, both for me and others. And in this way, rather than feeling afraid, I now feel impatient, waiting for the next one. Beliefs, therefore, are a very personal matter, and they depend on the experiences that each of us have and the interpretation we have given to them. Beliefs about ourselves have almost always their root in experiences we acquired at a much younger age, when we lacked maturity to understand. To be precise, 80 to 85% of our beliefs have been formed in our mind between the ages of 0 to 7 or 8 years old, a period when we were children. At that time, a child perceives life through its unconscious mind, as the conscious mind has not been formed yet. That means that whatever our surroundings are presenting, in the form of parents, siblings, family, friends, schoolmates, teachers, etc., is true to us, as we do not have the power to analyze 
put our critical mind to work and accept or discard what is going on. So we just form the thought that what we live, what we hear, what we observe is the reality. The interesting truth is that uh, we allow these beliefs to remain unchanged because we do not even know they are just beliefs. I mean, we do not know that they are just thoughts of other people in our life or even ours, but they are just thoughts. So, our more mature or adult wise self does not review those thoughts and as a result, conclusions that might have been accepted by our mind years ago will remain feeding our perceptions even today. And in such a way, the five-year-old that interpreted the lack of attention from the father as the lack of his own value will continue with that belief throughout life. And that can be the originator of other limiting beliefs generating years down the line, like I am not worth a promotion, or nobody appreciates my value, or I am meant to be alone in my life. Why does this happen? Imagine that your beliefs are like the moss growing on the side of a stone. They get stronger in the darkness, in the privacy of our own unspoken thoughts. When our thoughts are empowering, that is great. But what happens when they are not? What happens if the only thing we know how to do is to debilitate ourselves through accepting disempowering thoughts? The wonderful news is though that the moment we decide to expose those negative thoughts to the light so as to be able to free ourselves from them, they lose their power on our emotions and consequently upon our actions and set us free to undertake more inspired action. Every time you experience a part of your life in a way that does not make you feel fulfilled, or when you bring a different result than the one you aimed for, then you can be sure that the unwanted situation is an external reflection of your inner beliefs, that is, of what you keep inside. So, what I'm suggesting here is to identify your limiting beliefs and decide to dismantle them and change them. They do not serve you. They stop you. They might feel like they are protecting you at times, but they do not let you fly and try new things so that your life becomes a training ground for excellence. So, if you decide that you would like to fly higher, I present to you an easy process to identify and change your limiting beliefs. Step number one. The next time that you feel any negative emotion, frustration, stress, disappointment, fear, sadness, etc. in relation to something that you want to create, close your eyes and coordinate an internal dialogue with yourself. Ask it, what did I think? right now that created that feeling. Because you must know that behind every feeling there is a thought that generates it. When you are alert and present in your life, you can capture your thoughts identifying the feelings they produce. In that way, you can identify the belief that is in direct contrast with the goal that you are trying to achieve. When you realize that thought, that belief, 
Make a note of it. Step number two. Read your belief out loud to yourself and feel the energy that it gives you. What emotions arise whilst you are thinking of it? For instance, I recently caught myself thinking that life is harsh. Whilst repeating this thought to myself, I realized that I was feeling very heavy in my body. Now, step number three. As you will have identified the thought and emotions that are linked with the limiting belief, consciously search in your mind and in your heart for a thought that is an improvement, even if it's just a bit. One easy way to do that is to remember a period of your life where you were experiencing what you want. In my particular case, the belief, my life is harsh, was completely shattered by the memory of a period of my life where everything was going my way. For instance, when I got my third promotion in a row in a period of 20 months. This thought supported me to feel better immediately. Okay, so find something that will support you shatter the negative belief. Step number four. When you manage to move yourself to a place of higher, more positive emotions, check again your old belief and with your new perspective, allow yourself to change it in any way you decide to. For instance, regarding my own example, the belief life is harsh was transformed into life is a gift. When you have defined your new belief and repeated it to yourself many, many times, then check how it makes you feel. I bet it makes you feel better, doesn't it? Step number five. The previous step will have provided you with a new empowered standpoint. What you need to do now is ask yourself, what new action can you take that will seal your new and evolved approach to life? Or even more, with what kind of behaviors will you demonstrate that you believe what you are now saying? I invite you warmly to do this exercise and observe what happens. If you wish, you can send it to me to nicole at trueme.co and I will look at it and give you my comments, okay? Do not forget, we create from our beliefs, whether we realize it or not. When we change a belief, we change more than our internal mental condition. We create a change in our awareness and in the reality that at any given time we are in the position of creating. Exciting, don't you agree? And I say exciting because you realize that it is in your power to choose the thoughts that will support you create the reality you desire. Well, that is all for today's show. I hope you have found it helpful. Think about what has been covered here and make sure to do your exercises. Until next time, take care. Thank you for listening to the True Me podcast. For more information on Nicole and True Me coaching, head to trueme.co. If you would like to request a personal or corporate session, you can send an email to nicole at trueme.co anytime.